scripture memory verse tonight, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 17. Anybody else? Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 17. Good job. Anybody else? Good job. Anybody else? Proverbs 27:17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. 27 Proverbs 27:17. Good job. Anybody else? Good job, honey. You should probably take a drink before you see if you can get a little bit more of a... Usually when you drink, you can get more. You heard you? Yes, good job. And you got it word for word. That's all that matters. That was good. Anybody else? <coughs> Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Proverbs 27, 17. Good job. Anybody else? I was looking at this and I couldn't help thinking you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I just couldn't <laughs> help it. It's just <laughs> and sometimes people are not sharp because they won't let people sharpen them. They will not get into fellowship. They will not do the things that they need to be doing to be sharpened. Because think about it, if you hang out with dull people, you're going to be dull. I mean, it just it just really is a part of what we're talking If you want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to have your character, your countenance, your sword sharpened, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, you need to be fellowshipping around the Word of God, discussing the Word of God. And as I've said so many times from this chair or from the pulpit, that so many people say they're Christians, but as soon as you say something about the Word of God, they want to bow out and flee and run because they do not know the Scriptures. Listen, your character, your heart ultimately is where what, what happens. Well, it says in uh, Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. Okay, now we're talking about sharpening our countenance. And a merry heart. So really, where does your countenance come from? Just like the Bible, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, your countenance, oh, you guys need more information, right? Countenance, let me just show you what it says. Um, literally, literally, Webster's 1828, and I like to make this disclaimer. I use the 1828. You probably shouldn't look up definitions unless it's in a Bible dictionary or in older dictionaries because of this, the, the science of changing words, the attack of the word. So now words mean different stuff. So I use an 1828 Noah Webster. 
I don't like the definitions of the newer Bibles because with linguistics, everything's changing. So the 1828 says this, literally, countenance means the contents of the body. Because everything about the contents of the body comes out in your appearance. And you can only fake it so long. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 16, um, excuse me, in Matthew 6, 16, he said, do not be like the hypocrites or the Pharisees when they fast, who change their countenance to make sure that you know that they're fasting. In other words, they put on pretense. They make sure you see them and they get to parade around and we're fasting and you can tell it and it's their outward countenance. This is what we're really talking about. It's the contents of the heart that comes out in the face. It comes out in the posture. It comes out in your body language. And of course, let me just tell you that countenance in the Greek means the face as the part that turns. It's your outer appearance. But everything about you is decided by the heart. Although the outward appearance can, can change and fluctuate because of different things, it, it's about um, your appearance of your face, the appearance of your heart, the appearance of your conduct, or um, how you treat other people. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance I like a lot. And there's several other things that we can look at here, but let's back up just a moment. As is not in the original text. If you look at the Greek, it just says iron sharpens iron. That's a pretty, just a blatant statement. Iron sharpens iron. It just does. You strike iron together. You strike swords, you know, and that's how you sharpen an axe. And you can, anyway, and so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You got any friends? Are you trying to sharpen anybody's countenance? Now listen, let's do it again. Let's do it again. I want to keep bringing this back though. It can also mean, um, one of, one of, there's about six or eight different definitions in the Webster's. It means to favor. But it means to favor, to encourage by opinion or words. So if you're trying to sharpen somebody's countenance, sometimes you have to tell them the truth, even when it might hurt. Some people say constructive criticism. Now, I've heard pastors even say they don't believe in it, and I think that's not very true, uh, or, or shouldn't be said. Constructive criticism is good. Would you rather somebody, uh, let me see, would you rather somebody, um, here it is in 5 and 6 of the same chapter 27, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Would you rather somebody go, yeah, that's right, kiss, kiss, kiss. Or would you rather be rebuked? If you rebuke a wise man, they become even wiser. But notice they have to be wise first or they won't even be able to get past it. They won't get past the rebuke. They won't get past the words. And see, I'm not saying that if somebody rebukes you or says something to you that you go, what in the world? And just a little constructive. I'm not saying that at first it doesn't hurt. My wife does it to me a lot. 
She knows me better than anybody else on the planet. And she'll say something to me about something I've done or I said or I shouldn't do or I should do. And I get irritated by it. But when I go away and think about it, I think, well, that was the best advice I've had all day. It was the best. I don't tell her that. Don't tell her that. No, I'm teasing. She's sitting right here. Um, but it, it's very wise to listen to people that are around you because only a friend can wound you. You cannot be wounded by somebody that is not your friend because it doesn't matter what they say. But when you're wounded, examine why am I wounded? Why is my why 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 am I wounded? Why did my face just change when they use those words? Because there's some truth in it. There's something there. There's something I need to pray about. There's something I need to learn about it. But it needs to be for growth. And, and we don't just walk around. Listen, you don't just walk around. When God shows you something about somebody, we're not just walking around and going, get it right, do that, get that, what, yeah, yeah. And like sergeants in, a, you know, in an army, we, the first thing you do when you see something of somebody, you want to pray about it. You want to pray for them. You say, God has revealed this to me in your heart, and you begin to pray for them. And if they're actively seeking God, God's going to show them also. But now, by faith, you're putting your swords, your, your, your shields of faith together, and you're praying for the same thing because they're praying. If they're growing, they're praying that God will change them. So God's going to reveal that to them eventually, but it's just not time yet. Now, there could be a time, though, where God puts you two alone and, and that person says something, and it's the perfect time you can tell that the Holy Spirit says, now it's okay to speak and say, well, now that you mention it, how about this? And so you're sharpening somebody's countenance. And I, and I love to be able to talk to people about the scriptures, and then they can talk back. And now you can bounce off of each other what you've been hearing. This is the way you sharpen the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it's the only weapon we have. Now listen, it's going to cause sparks. Think about it. The closer you get with somebody, the, the closer you are, the, the more you see the chinks in their armor, the more you're going to talk about things, the more you're going to disagree. If you're not talking to people, you're not going to disagree with them as much because you're not even concerned about it. But now when you start fellowshipping, now listen, fellowship is around the word of God. It's koinonia fellowship. It means having all things in common. It's part of the Christian processes of growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, and if you want to if you want to go to a baseball game and talk about the word of God while you watch the game, I guess that's okay, but that the baseball game is feeding the flesh. You're talking about the word of God. You're growing in the word of God. It's living and powerful and it's going in and it's cutting away. And when you talk to somebody about it and then they refer back, they say something about it and you're going back and forth, you begin to, your eyes begin to open up. Your, your heart begins to open up and, 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 and it begins to expand your view of the word of God, of your faith in God and of the things that God is doing and it sharpens you. It makes you sharper. And you learn how to talk to people about the scriptures when you're talking together. And somebody says your friend. That's why we that's why we do memory verse here on Friday nights. Why do we do it? So you can get used to it coming out of your mouth. You can get used to saying it. And now you go and say it to somebody else. And as you're talking, see, you're sharpening yourself. You get used to talking to friends about the scriptures. And then you run up on somebody at the gas pump who says, well, I don't believe Jesus even lived. Now, you've been used to talking about scriptures. You've been used to expounding upon what you believe from the scriptures. And you can say the same thing to somebody who's a little bit more over the top 
an atheist or whatever you might think. But, but you know, I remember when I, uh, I was just talking about it earlier, uh, uh, a waitress lady said that she was a Muslim. And I was, I, I mean, even, even I witnessed all the time and, and I did not think the lady was a Muslim. So it caught me dead in my tracks where I didn't know what to say. It's kind of like when this one comedian told me he was Catholic and I said, oh, come on. I started laughing at him and he was a comedian. So I thought he was making a joke, but he wasn't making a joke. And then he said he was from Middle Eastern descent and everything. I mean, and I was laughing and my wife goes, hey, knucklehead, he ain't joking. <laughs> Because, you know, I'm thinking comedian. So every time he'd open his mouth, I'd go, ah! And she's like, are you serious, Greg? He's not making jokes here. I go, oh, they sound like jokes to me. Anyway, so that's a sidebar. Sometimes my wife has to tune me up like that um, and wake me up to things. But, but listen, this is the conversation. You're not sharpening yourself in the scriptures. You're not sharpening your countenance. You're not changing your heart. Merry heart. What? makes a cheerful countenance. It comes out when your heart is full of the word of God. It changes your entire countenance. You ever meet somebody and you go, what's your name again? You seem awful familiar. And all it is is they know Jesus. They know the word of God. They know Jesus and, and their countenance. You can see it. And now you think it's like you're familiar with them. And it's because of a countenance. It's because of the uh, contents of their body, the appearance of their face. And it's so amazing to watch sometimes uh, when you're talking with people. But listen, who is sharpening you? Are you, are you being sharpened by anybody? Are you talking to, to anybody about scriptures? Are, are you trying to sharpen anybody else? Do you care about other people in the one another ministry and sharpening people by encouraging them, by, by giving them your opinion of the word of God and discussing it? Can you handle it? I've got an opinion about the Word of God, and you better not. I've heard pastors say, if you don't agree with our opinion, just leave the church. Wait a minute. There's room to discuss this stuff. If it's not a doctrine that, that is, you know, uh, solid, like virgin birth and things like that, it's okay to have a little bit of a different opinion on the Scriptures as long as you're not causing division with it. It's okay. But we should be able to discuss the Scriptures. We should be able to correct one another. We should be able to counsel one another. We should be able to talk about it. This is the body of Christ. This is our new language of love. This is what's supposed to be changing our heart. The word of God, the sword of the spirit, and it changes our entire countenance. So we want to meet people. So we want to share with people. We want to encourage others. So, I mean, seriously, are you concerned about it? Is there anybody in your life that you're trying to encourage with the Word of God? See, because we should be very, very uh, purpose on this. You should have purpose saying, I want to be encouraging somebody to read their Bible. I want to be praying somebody to read their Bible. I want to change their entire countenance in life by encouraging them in the Scriptures. And when you're doing that, listen, sparks are going to fly. And making relationships, sparks fly. But it should improve your character. It should change your countenance. And at the same time, it's training you to be an evangelist or to be a witness for Christ. And actually, it means um, sharpen. It's, it's E-T-H in the King James. It means to make sharp or to sever. But it can also mean to, to make swift or have swiftness and might. Uh, uh, to be fierce 
there's some other things that it can mean as you're sharpening people you're training them in the scriptures and so i i mean i just know that i rehearse and talk with people and when i'm talking with somebody about the scriptures you know me and my brother at work me and bob at work and then and then right or or, or even if you're just with the lord oh did i mention that even if you're just with the lord and you're being sharpened as you're spending time with the lord i like to get up in the morning and, I, and I'm sharpened, I'm prepared. He's already taken my mind and put it places and, and thought about things that I need to think about. And then I go to work and I talk to somebody and I've already thought that through. I've already got that thought sharp on my tongue, ready to go. And he always brings that person or that thing to happen because he's equipping us to go out and encourage others or share with others in the Word of God. Why did I say that about? Because, listen, when you think of countenance it's also um, not just the appearance of the face but it's also the favor of the face biblically listen biblically the light of God's countenance is his favor it's his grace it's his face shining upon you uh, in fact uh, if I've ever given you a card you might see it I, I, I don't not a hundred percent that I do it but Psalms 32 8 um, you can turn there if you'd like. Psalms 32, 8 is a verse that I use that is um, one that I picked up years ago. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And see, this is God's favor, God's countenance, God's face, His light, His grace shining up on you and he sharpens your countenance he sharpens your appearance he sharpens your tongue he's preparing you he's counseling you but look at the next verse verse 9 he gives you counsel right now do not be like a horse or like a mule which has no understanding which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle else they will not come near you See, our count, the part of sharpening, the part of you first must be friendly in order to have friends. And Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And he's the one that when you come to him and reason with him, he wants to have a personal relationship. He wants to give you favor. He wants to give you grace. He wants his face to shine upon you. He wants you to come to him. And he's going to sharpen you and prepare you. So there's several ways you can look at this. But, but we want to be about his business and to be focused upon encouraging others, you have to first be encouraged. To be focused about uh, uh, giving someone else favor and mercy and grace, you first have to know what it feels like to receive it and then to allow God to do that with you also. So um, it also is the same way uh, to hide his face, God, to hide his countenance, to hide his face, to hide his favor, is to show his displeasure with you. Uh, there's a, let me see if I still got it. Maybe I got it up here. I was looking at this. Um, Psalms 27, 9. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation, I believe David said. 55.1, to the chief musician with stringed instruments, David says, give ear to my prayer, O God, and do not hide yourself from my 
petitions, my supplications. 69.17 of Psalms. And do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. And again, this is the this is the thing where God's countenance, God's counsel, God's favor and grace, we want to shine upon us. And so we want to look to him and um mm. Psalms 143.7, Answer me speedily, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, lest I be like those who go down into the pit. I mean, there, there's so many places in Scripture uh, where, you know, God's favor, God's countenance, God's looking upon you with grace and mercy. He's counseling us. We're looking to Him to be our strength and our help. And then, also, He can remove that. And you know when He removes His face from you. Um, so are you concerned? You know, I see in our culture today, and I got to bring it up, when, when there's a silencing of discourse. Listen to me. When there's a silencing of discourse and you can't come and reason. See, God says, come and reason with me. And though your sins were as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. He wants us to come and reason. But when you meet God, he's never wrong. So he sharpens you. You can't sharpen him, right? But in our culture today, there's a, there's a silencing of discourse. You can't reason together. You can't talk together. You're not allowed to say anything. You just have to agree with them. And we call that indoctrination. All it is is you have to listen to their opinion. There's no sharpening. That's dulling of the senses. That's dulling of your own thinking. That's a, that's a complete reverse of what God wants to do. He wants you to, to come to understanding of what he's doing and allow his spirit to work through you. And all of our fellowship, all of our counseling, all of our rebuke, all of our encouragement has to be done around and with the word of God through the spirit of God for the glory of God. Listen, it, it does no good to say, well, look at my countenance and think you have a great countenance and you don't know the word of God and you're not really trying to help somebody. You're just trying to be right. That's got nothing to do with it. We're wanting people to grow so that we always have to be led by the Spirit, used by the Spirit, and know when to speak. And I think another thing about being sharpened, and maybe I might even... Um, in short, um, I think that it's wise to know what you know, what you believe, and what you don't believe. I know you've probably heard that statement before, but in studying the scripture and allowing your countenance to be built and allowing, you have to be ready to give an answer for every man, the hope that lies within you. So you should know what you believe about God in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying you can do that exhaustively, but you should know that. You're being sharpened to know what you know and what the truth is and what you don't believe. So that when somebody speaks and you know they're saying something you do not believe the scriptures say, you already know it. So you're ready to respond. And now you, you need to know by the Holy Spirit whether you're supposed to rebuke, whether you're supposed to, sometimes wisdom is you just be silent. But most of the time, if it's a friend, you want to speak up. You don't want to leave a friend in some place where they should not be. If they're a friend, you want to speak to them. So you have to start to pray about it. You have to start asking God about it and say, why do they think that way? And, and, and you want to be uh, thinking about sharpening other people, helping them to be uh, uh, swift, swiftness, sharpened. 
swift, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. James would tell us. And again, we have, uh, oh, I meant to tell you about man. <laughs> man is a nice word here. Is, ish, uh, a thousand and two times it's translated man, but over 600 times it's translated something else. So, me and Michael was having this conversation again today. But it can mean, it can even mean a champion. It can mean a champion. It can be mankind. It can be a steward. See, and we're God's stewards, and we're supposed to be sharpening other people. We're supposed to be helping them to learn the scriptures and to grow, and we should be making friends. And you first must be friendly, but listen, you can't be friendly the way of the world. I mean, you just can't. Well, I wasn't drinking. I was just hanging out at the bar because I was trying to win some people to the Lord. That's just not, it's just not the way of God. I mean, I'm not saying that you're going to go to hell, but you, you're going to get in trouble doing that stuff. You want to, you want to be finding people that, that are your friends that can fellowship around the world, like Bible study. These are things that we do. Uh, and, and you're a steward of God's mercy and grace, and he's taking care of your heart, and now you want to help other people's hearts. But the point and the finality is, is you want them to get them to God's favor. You want them to see God's favor upon them, God's face. Because you can be nice to all the people you want. If they don't come to God, they're going to hell. So, so the whole point is not just being nice. It's about sharing the scriptures biblically with them and um, sharpening. Sharpening, because how can two walk together unless they agree? I mean, are they really your friend if we don't agree with the scriptures? Let's see. Champion, mankind, person, people, husband. It's even a husband. That word's uh, translated husband. Friend is a companion or another. It can just be a general term like another uh, or an associate. Is anybody sharpening you? I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, and, you know, if you are career-oriented, and I'm not saying that's evil, I'd be careful, I'm called, uh, and so wherever I'm at, I'm called by God to be a witness for God, and, and uh, this stuff down here is going to burn, but if, if you want to be sharpened, and say you're a doctor, and you want to be sharpened, you would talk with other doctors, and you would talk about disease, you'd talk about medicine, you'd talk about the things that you are interested in, and be sharpened on them. And it doesn't matter what it is. Maybe you're an electrician. And you would talk and, and no matter what it is. And see, so it's the same thing. We want to sharpen the countenance, the heart, the very core, what, what you say, the contents of the body. We want to sharp, sharpen that whole person. But you might just sharpen up on, I mean, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just studying for a test. I'm sharpening up on this so that I know how to answer the questions on this test. Some of the same things, but what are we talking to people about? Are you looking to be sharpened? Are you looking to sharpen anybody else? Now, some people might try to call this discipleship. I'm just saying it's life. It's life. We should, because God has encouraged us, because God has given us his favor, we should want to go out and witness to others and talk to others and share the word of God with others, and especially our friends. But sometimes it, it, does, it, does, it is rebuke. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's just casual conversation about the scriptures. But are you learning the scriptures? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to help you understand the scriptures 
so you can share with other people. That should be the, 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 the chief way that we're being sharpened and, and the very core of a Christian life should be Christ-like, which he knows everything about the kingdom of God. So we should be growing in the grace and the knowledge of that. And it's only going to be done by the Holy Spirit. You can't grow any other way. You're not going to grow uh, by ignoring the word of God. Because he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. And then he's going to be shining his face upon us. So what's your conversation about? Who are you sharpening? Who's sharpening you? Listen, and I don't think that I started with, uh, you know, the statement, you're not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Listen, that's not always because people are stupid. When you say somebody's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, sometimes it's just because they're stubborn and they don't want to learn and they don't want to change and they don't want to do nothing different than what they've ever done. And sometimes it's because people have uh, uh, spoiled them or not told them the truth or just said, I don't care enough about them to care to tell them that that's a dumb thing to do. You know, but when you're friendly with somebody and you want to be their friend, love will tell them the truth. And so that way they can become sharp and learn how to do things. So um, let's see. Comments, concerns, anybody got anything they want to share? Whose face is sharpening you? Who's, where are you getting your favor from? Has to begin with God. Has to end with God. Next week, Galatians 6, 7. Anybody know it? We've had it before. Anybody know it? Come on. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will also reap. They're sowing that corn. They're sowing them beans. They're putting everything out. They're getting lots of rain on it. What are you sowing? Are you wanting to sow into somebody's countenance? Are you wanting to sow into somebody's life? What are you sowing? Father, thank you for your word. We pray that our hearts, our countenance, our words will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Pour out your spirit, Lord, and give us a desire um, to sow into people's lives, to, to get outside of ourselves and stop being selfish and wrapped up in ourselves, and to give ourselves away as your son Jesus did. Give us a desire to encourage and show favor to others. In Jesus' name and for his glory, amen. The Lord bless you.